Hello and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host Aurora and I'm very happy and excited to have Michael Kapler with me today. It is an honor to have him here because I was able to see what his mission is all about, um, what he's trying to yeah, make people aware of. And I just, I'm just so very touched um, about what Michael is doing. It is very important work. We will dive into what Michael is doing in a second here. But um, to start with, I wanted to remind you that, yeah, we're all in this together. We're going through intense stuff at the moment and it is not fun. It is not fun. There's lots of uncertainty, lots of pain, lots of involuntary change that is being forced upon us. And um, before COVID, there was people struggling already. So think about what COVID now amplified and, and more pain it brought in. Um, I must say, though, that COVID also brought a lot of beauty and like extraordinary people out you know there's people who under pressure fold and just go into fetal position and mm -hmm. are numb and there's other people who rise up to the challenges and see that they have something inside of them to support others to give others hope And I want to say, I don't really know Michael yet. I will get to know him a little better. But he is one of those warriors who during COVID times was able to create something that brings incredible value to our society. So welcome to the show. I'm honored to be speaking to you today, Michael. If you would like to, yeah, introduce yourself a little bit and, and share your story with us, the more you go into detail, the better it is, of course, but you stay in your comfort zone. And yeah, yeah I would love to know what led you to this beautiful mission that you are um, pursuing today. Well, first of all, thank you for your beautiful introduction. I appreciate that. And um Yeah, I can appreciate you highlighting a little bit more extreme of difficult times for people um, post-COVID, right? Um, obviously, everybody's going through something that's kind of a natural human experience uh, prior to COVID. Um, but yeah, I think the, uh, I like how you worded it, right? The, the amplitude, the level has definitely increased. Um, so in saying that, my experience... Uh, has actually kind of, I want to say, you know, almost exploded um, since COVID in a positive way. Uh, my spiritual journey has very opened up. My spiritual journey has started through addiction. Um, I'm a recovering alcoholic uh, addict myself. And um, I first walked through the doors of recovery in 2008. Um, and had a three years of uh, sobriety, um, got away from it and uh, continued to back to that old lifestyle of drinking and using and, and everything that comes with it, right? Ultimately, for, ultimately pain for me and everybody around me, right? Watching and then through enough pain, um, you know, 
walking back through the doors again of recovery and, and uh, through a spiritual process, um, you know, getting well. I, I use the word spiritually fit. Um, and, uh, and for a number of years, um, and, uh, you know, part of my story is, uh, getting away from it again and, and, uh, returning to the drink and the drug and, um, to simplify me returning to that drink and the drug, um, there's a spiritual walk that was presented to me, uh, through a process, uh, of the 12 steps um, that gave me a, a foundation. And um, as we live human beings, um, there's a fulfillment I think that we all seek, uh, not just with addicts and alcoholics. Um, and um, that fulfillment um, has started being filled in recovery, right? And uh, however you wanna word it, whether you use God, a higher power, um, source, the universe, something bigger than me, right? A creator, um, that had filled a void, um, but it's a daily thing, right? And, uh, the shiny things of the world, um, would grab my attention, money, material stuff, uh, relationships. Um, and that's where I would steer off. So I'd mentioned twice going back to, uh, the drink and the drug, um, life got good. And, uh, I really got, um, <sighs> separated from uh, my true self and, and got caught up in the worldly things. And, um, and that was have been my downfall. So in saying that, um, by no reason am I saying um, there's nothing wrong with, with succeeding in life, um, having nice things, being successful financially, materialistically, all that. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be a cop out of not saying to be successful in life, but it's what my motives are behind it, right? Um, what is really going on here, right? So, you know, I talked about some obsessions of, uh, you know, car, money, even physical. Um, you know, I was uh, addicted to the gym and would get into, um, <laughs> trying to think of a better word, but I guess I'm just going to say like stereos, uh, steroids and, and, and um, you know, those, uh, those enhancements, uh, artificial enhancements, uh, just trying to fill this inner void, right? So there's nothing wrong with working out in the gym and being healthy, right? There's nothing wrong with having a nice car. There's nothing wrong with having a nice relationship. There's nothing wrong with being financially secure. But what I found is a common denominator um, is we tend to go after those things in extreme. We all know the, the disease of more, right? I need more. It's never enough, right? I have this vision. If I have that, I'll be happy, right? And, and, and I strive and I, and, and I strive and I grind it out and I'm manipulating and I'm maybe even lying. And, and uh, so me, I can't keep doing that stuff. Eventually, I'm going to drink because I burn out inside. I, I, I Self-hatred might be extreme, but I, uh, I like the term. Um, I'm an egomaniac with an inferiority complex problem. So I'm trying to build this ego, right? I'm trying to build this outside stuff. But inside, the more I do that, the more low I feel about myself, right? The low self-esteem, the, um, yeah, the, just the insecurities pile up and the self-worth pile up. Uh, so in saying all that, um, I'm trying to relate to 
um, you know, addicts and alcoholics, because that seems to be a common denominator. I think as human beings, we all can relate to that, but I find the experience of alcoholics and addicts, it's, it's usually, an, that's on an extreme level, right? It's just, it's, there's no um, balance, right? It's just all or nothing. And, and uh, so, you know, this last couple of years, uh, my foundation of uh, a spiritual way of living is, um, you know, it's always been recovery. Um, uh, you know, there's uh, spiritual principles um, that I practice and, and, and I grow from that, right? But it's a daily thing and, and something like I like to try to simplify for people. It's like, you know, I've had this concept of, you know, I've been sober for a few years and I've sponsored people and I've done this and I've done that, you know, putting on step groups and I've, I've done all this stuff and I almost... Um, say that I've kind of, I've, I've gained a spiritual bankroll, you know, oh, I look at how good I've done in the last year and a half, let Mikey, you know, little Mikey, you know, tend to himself for a bit, right? You know, a little selfish and, and we're all selfish, but like I said, it can get to extreme levels as an addict and alcoholic. And uh, so I start to feel um, those selfish needs or what I think I need and and uh, not to get away from what I was saying yeah kind of bankrolling this you know I've done all this stuff um so uh, for me I have to say what am I doing today for my spiritual well-being right um it's a daily thing for me so this may sound extreme but I tell myself it doesn't matter what I did this doesn't matter how connected I was with my higher self my source I like to choose the word god um, but whatever resonates for you, um, it doesn't matter how connected I was, what I was doing to help others. Um, I, I tell myself, it doesn't matter about yesterday. It's what am I doing today, right? Um, so I think that kind of lays out a gist of kind of my life uh, prior in the middle. Um, today, it's kind of there's all or nothing, right? Um, I use this... Uh, um, an analogy is like, um, you know, my spiritual journey, I had this long leash for a while where I could, you know, steer off and I've mentioned, you know, the shiny stuff, um, um, you know, getting away into self-centered stuff, uh, you know, whether I'm lying or, or, or just doing things that are crossing that internal boundary and other people's boundaries, right? Um, it's that leash for me today. It's, it's so tight, like I can't afford to steer off. Um, so you know, a lot of people, we have grace, right? And, and I mean, I certainly have a level of grace. I'm human. I'm not perfect. Um, but it's very tightened up. So I'm very focused of my recovery, my spiritual way of living. is It's really, it's really all or nothing. So I got to be all in today for me. I'm certainly not speaking for everybody in recovery. Um, everybody has their own journey. Um, so it's kind of cool, um, you know, to get into where I'm at today. If someone is to ask you know, what's different for you today? You know, you mentioned about being sober before. Um, what's different? You know, there's a lot of people who are skeptical. I had years of sobriety before. Um, so it doesn't really matter what I say to a lot of people. It's, I have to show them. Um, but if somebody is to ask me what is different, uh, I have a deeper surrender. Um, I have an effortless, more of an effortless way about my life. I'm more present. Um I, I'm careful with somebody new in recovery and saying effortless because there is things we need to do mm -hmm. um, to build this foundation. Um, 
so I feel through that process that I've gone through, I do have that foundations built a little bit better than it was when I first walked into recovery. Um, so my way of life's a little bit more effortlessly and then I watch things as they come, right? So things come to me a little bit more. I'm able to be more present um, and, and separate myself from those selfish attitudes or, you know, needs or wants or the things I should or I better do this and I better do that. Uh, I'm more okay today with me. Um, and, uh, so when I say that, um, you know, I'm involved in recovery. Um, you know, one of my main goals of being in recovery is to help the other suffering alcoholic addict, right. Uh, as I've been, been helped by so many, like amazingly, and I could, you know, fill an hour easily of what people have done for me and have supported me, right. Like it's gotta be highlighted. So this is just kind of giving back, right. It's not really about me in a way. Um, because I've been so freely given. Um, so in saying that, um, yeah, just through some events, uh, I was um, able to, I had an opportunity to do some outreach work uh, for um, an organization in my town. It's actually a local organization in the Fraser Valley, but there's branches. Um, and I think I'm okay saying uh, PCRS, uh, so Pacific Community Resource Center. Um, and they offer all kinds of things like counseling, low-income housing programs um, around like the homeless and, and, uh, and drug addiction. Um, but we did this uh, and then I was involved in doing outreach. That was what I was attracted in helping them doing just outreach in uh, the homeless um, aspect that we have, which has grown, I think, everywhere, definitely in the Fraser Valley, definitely in my community. Um, so I've reached out to, um, to them and just, yeah, connecting with the people on the streets um, with the motive if there's any chance of helping anybody, right? Um, so in doing that, they came to me, PCRS, and said, hey, we're doing a project about um, getting awareness. We're all aware of the, the, uh, the addiction pandemic, the opioid crisis, the overdose crisis on the street level. We all can see it daily, Right. Um, but there's been a spike <laughs> post-COVID um, behind closed doors and overdoses. Um, so I did do uh, a three-video series. Um, one was uh, just kind of a, a trailer of um, what we were getting at. So the second video was two paramedics that showed their story of going into homes where overdoses have happened, right? And we were targeting the 25 to 45 year old male aspect, uh, which I fit in because um, although I was close to being on the street, I'm fortunate enough where I've always had a roof over my head for the most part. Um, so I fit that category, right? As the, as the addict somewhat functioning, you know, still hanging onto my job by strings at the end. Um, and uh, so we targeted that category and, um, so with the paramedics did a video and then I did a video and um, I'm definitely getting better at it, but very video shy. Uh, there's a lot of root insecurities that stem right from a child, right? Fear of what people think of me, fear of not being liked, fear of failing and, and uh, um, not to get off track, but I'm well aware of that stuff today through inventories and, and, uh, and have uh, processes where I check that and challenge that stuff today, right? Um, but anyway, back to the fear of being on video. Um, yeah, I was a little nervous about it, but it went well. And, and uh, how did, why did it go well um, from my point? Because I just suited up and showed up, right? There's, there's, 
I just got to be honest, right? Open-minded and willing, right? And um, so we did this video and then uh, the local paper did an article on it and it got a little bit of buzz in the community and I got a lot of positive feedback. And, um, and I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed the experience. Um, so in saying that, probably about... There was from when we recorded the video to where it actually went out into the public was probably about a three month span. So I had some time with it and probably about a month after the video was like released into the public forum, like YouTube and the paper to the pro says, um, like I'd mentioned before, I have a, uh, a routine I do in the mornings, right? I do some readings and some meditating and, um, this thought come to my mind, um, kind of creating a show of highlighting the positive um, aspect of recovery. And uh, I know of a program that's out there and I watch it. Um, that The root of it is a positive thing for sure. I can never take that way away from it, but it really focuses on the, uh, the negativity of an addict alcoholic. And that's kind of the whole show is showing this part. And um, there's maybe five minutes of, uh, you know, coming together and trying to help this addict. And then, you know, the credits at the end of the show, um, you know, that you, you kind of see, did they make it or did they not make it? Right. And there's very little of the positive end of it. And, and other than that, I haven't seen a lot of um, stuff focusing on the positive, right. We all know the negative, like every which way and it touches everybody's lives. Right. So I just had a concept and then, you know, I have patterns of obsessing about things, right? And these great ideas. And so after a day of kind of excited about this idea and maybe sharing it with a few people that are close to me, I just kind of let it be and thought, you know what, Mike? Yeah, right. You're going to make a TV show. Yeah, you're going to make a TV show and, and, and kind of chuckled about it. And I let it be. And then, you know, a week or so, I continued to get these nudges. So I started writing things down. Like, you know, how I would lay it out, um, some questions of, uh, you know, what is it about, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, really briefly, um, you know, um, some of those questions, uh, you know, what is what would it be about? Um, you know, why did I decide to make the show? What does it mean to me personally? Um, who is the show intended for? Why is it important for a show to be made like this, right? And uh, what is my goal in making the show? And, and uh, so it was neat to see these things kind of come together because uh, I believe they were kind of divinely, you know, guided, right? And this, this intuition that uh, I think many of us can relate to, right? When we get connected, get awake. Um, so that was cool. And I shared it with a few people and I got some polite smiles. Great idea, great idea. And once again, it was like, yeah, you know, and, and uh, part of me is like, Main mainstream TV, far as far as far as I believe, I don't think it's going to show something like that, right? You don't see spirituality, talk of God or a higher power. You don't see that stuff, and and uh, so I just kind of let it be again. <laughs> and then I was nudged some more, so I shot it out to a few contacts, like the PCRS and a couple people that I know that do. Um, uh filming right for their profession just kind of some small time stuff right and and uh, some other people that i thought might be interested and got positive feedback and ultimately just came down where you'd need some funds to get something like this going right and and i can't i couldn't support that um at this moment 
you know, raising a family and, and just with the cost of living today, right? So just kind of put it on the back burner again. And uh, about a month later, a friend of mine, who has been a friend of mine for years, but we haven't been really close lately. Um, he's not in recovery, but uh, he's on a spiritual journey himself too, right? Uh, pretty awake and, and connected. And uh, so he reached back to me and he's like, dude, he's like, I keep getting nudged about this thing. I think you've got something here, right? And, and this would just be such a positive thing for the times. And uh, so he goes, I'd be willing to put a promo video with you together and, and just highlight the, the motive behind this, the ideas, and uh, see if we can set like a GoFundMe page up and just uh, see what we can do. So yeah, we launched that the day you and me connected. And um you know, we're over halfway, we wrote down a budget, what we thought, and, and while that budget is, is, I mean, for me, being in recovery, and that um, there's no money motivation behind it, recovery, once you mix money, this is my experience, and I know we have a whole professional field, and the level, and that's not my experience, and I'm not knocking it, I know nothing about it, very little about it, but in my experience, you can't mix money with recovery, um, it just it just doesn't work. Um, that's my experience. So I'm not saying, you know, there's lots of teachers and stuff like that out there. Um, I just know for me, I think if I start mixing those two together, I'm, I'm in trouble. Um, so it's not about money for me. Um, my uh, partner involved in the, the uh, project, I mean, he... I feel, uh, and, and he said too, like, you know, like I do this as a job, right? So uh, it's for production costs, travel, and I'd like to compensate the guests a little bit, right? Um, for their time and, and, you know, maybe meals for the day and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of the where we got that budget from. People might be asking, where's this number coming from? Why, right? And, and uh, so it's something I really want to highlight. You know, that's where that number is coming from, right? Um, there's some uh, rental costs too, because he doesn't have everything we need as in the sense of uh, multiple mics and stuff like that. So we've, we've sat down and we've like, you know, put some thought to this, right? Um, it's not completely being winged, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it, it's, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. And like I said, we're kind of halfway there on the budget. Yeah, I'll just kind of keep riding the wave. So I think I'll probably take a break from talking now and let you share a little bit. Ay, ay, ay. This is crazy. I mean, I knew this conversation was going to be good, but you, you're really blowing me away. And well, thank you. Just from an outsider's perspective, like I can see clear as day why you had to keep going through suffering and pain and mm -hmm. getting yourself out of it again because I see you I feel your energy as a leader and as a healer and as someone who's gonna bridge the gap and and you know help people understand addiction better people who are you know not not close in contact with addiction but maybe um, you know, I feel in every family, there is an addict or someone who, yeah. who wants to break out of the system and be a pioneer and yeah. to understand these precious beings better. And what I also see in you is that you can be a fierce leader of 
youngsters. So not only people who are struggling already and helping them to recover, but the way you speak, you are so like open and honest with your stuff, with your dark side, um, that most people who never went through intense pain or addiction, um, they don't have that access um, to those feelings and 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 you are so authentic and real with your pain that I was really close to be crying here and (laughs) and I know that will be able like that tool can be used to to help people who are you know maybe still before the state uh, of drifting off you know they still have a decision to make oh am I go with the big money and and the bling bling or do I want to go into into depth and do I want to get to know myself better before I make any decisions in my so I can see all this in you it is just a matter of time for you to see it yourself and I'm I'm so excited about yeah the the ideas that you have there and I feel it's it's time, like, don't wait, don't waste any time and don't self-doubt, uh, don't wait for too much approval from the outside. Yeah. You just need a, a small wolf pack that you can rely on. I love that. <laughs> and, then, and then go ahead because uh, your energy is needed out there. And um, yeah, it's, it's very precious what you shared already with us. I have one question. When it comes to addiction, like, or let's just speak about your your experience because you said it is your self worth. It is your your like you have a complex not being seen and understood or not feeling worthy. Do you sometimes go back in time and and try to rewrite your story, like to to know that? Yes, you went through the pain back then. You made conclusions about yourself that are not correct anymore. And how to let those go, how to redefine yourself. Um, are you like, can you relate? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I can answer that question. Mm-hmm. Beautiful question, by the way. Um, Touched it briefly in the sense of uh, I can go back, obviously (laughs) being at that young age then, not understanding what's going on, but I can look back. um, And one of the great things about uh, a recovery process uh, is doing, I call like an inventory, right? So we're we're diving deep and, and it's not so much, I mean, you've got to start by looking at the things that we've done, the way we've reacted to things and the way we've acted out. That's the surface stuff, right? And and for sure, we have to start there. Um, but then it's like getting under it, right? And so through some inventory work and from finally turning in, and, and I'll say this to not to get off to answering your question, but I think it's helpful to others. A huge turning point in my life, and I think this is for any human being, not just an alcoholic or addict, um, turning point for me, I'm getting shivers as I, as I say this, 
um, my whole life for most of my youth life, I was pointing my finger out there. You know, if that changed, I'd be better. Whether it's the relationship, the boss, I had more money, a new place to live. If that guy pissed off and left me alone and on and on and on, I did that for 30 years. Um, so a huge turning point for me was looking inside, right? And, and, and really grasping the concept of nothing outside of me needs to change. I need to change. My perception needs to change. I have a disease um, that starts in the mind. Um, and, and then maybe many people can relate to this. I say disease because um, I mean, I was in need of a psychic change, right? Um, so to go back to asking your beautiful question, I can look back through this process of inventory work and remember when I was five and six years old and, um, you know, being so self-conscious of my looks and what people thought of me. And I know I mentioned this stuff, so just bear with me. Um, fear of, of failing, fear of what people thought of me. I was, there's so many fears of what everybody was thinking and, and, uh, you know, a professional level can relate that stuff to like social anxiety and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, so I'm just going to try to simplify it for me out. It was easy for me to understand. Um, and that stuff just grew, right? It just grew. Um, I believed it. And I'm not putting blame on anybody because everybody goes through this stuff. But, you know, when somebody said, Mike, you're chubby, I mean, I, I, that just grew, in me right or um you know anything negative like here's a simple way of saying it you know there was a time in my life where i could spit off a thousand insults or at least what i percepted to be insults um bang like ah how many compliments could i lay out none do you think i never got compliments of course i did maybe even more but i wasn't i didn't believe them mm. i believed the insults i believe i I believe the negative stuff and half of that negative stuff, you know, when I say uh, a thousand, um, you know, insults or situations, half of them probably I created them in my head just with assumptions and, and thinking that's what people are meaning and stuff like that. Right. So I don't want to get too deep in that, but I hope that kind of makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, so getting back, that stuff just grew. Um, so for me, I don't know if that stuff would have ever have changed if I didn't walk through the days of, through the doors of recovery. And then in recovery, I was forced to wake up. And what do I mean by waking up? Well, one of the first levels of waking up is I started watching myself, right? I started watching the thoughts and that's not real. That's not true. So today those stuff may still pop up, right? You said, when I talk about meditating, well, meditating for me certainly isn't sitting in a Lotus position with no thoughts for three hours. That ain't meditating for me. Meditating is sitting upright somewhat comfortably and, fo and, and focusing on breathing, but watching those thoughts. And 90% of them are stories, not real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for me, meditation is the same. It's, it started with being a torture. Like I thought, are you kidding me? Like everybody is so calm and peaceful here in the city. <laughs> And I just want to oh. rip things apart and run out and to yeah. sit with that energy, to sit with, with what is constantly with you anyways, and now yeah. you're becoming aware of it, is so shitty, painful. It is so crazy. But yeah, kudos to you. We are still doing it. Yeah, we're still meditating and sitting through it. And it's, it's yeah. just what? Practice. 
practice. Practice, practice. Not getting discouraged. So when I hear a story like that, you relating to the noise at the beginning and and then yeah. comparing yourself to others, I so relate to that, right? And and uh, I think that comparing myself and this expectation, you know, that stuff, I've got to challenge that stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and you haven't gone through that pain now you can automatically relate to me and feel empathy yeah. right you attracted me into your life this is why we're sitting here and you will do that yeah. with so many more people and i hope that you can see also that um addiction and recovery is is awesome like to focus on and is really needed um but you can even go beyond and help people who struggle with burnout and depression and people who just went through divorce and are going crazy in their minds right you can help so many people but you had to go through that pain first unfortunately yeah. fortunately to to be able to relate now and to be able to forgive yourself and and yeah live your purpose it's um it's very like tough probably at the beginning to see oh shit I've been a victim for my whole life and I'm actually supposed yeah. to be a leader um but it's yeah. also incredibly empowering and and necessary for guys like you to step out there and and to become the leaders because what my mission of my podcast is here is to put the spotlight onto heart-driven leaders away from from ego drivenness and and you know money drivenness money is is good money will be your outcome and your reward and everything yeah. but it should never be like your main focus and for you it is not so you have kids you said you have two sons is that correct yes okay how uh, yeah i have four total boys two girls Oh, cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, I hope, I hope, uh, yeah, you guys uh, have an awesome time together and they are proud of you. Um, my question is, having kids, I don't have kids, but if I was comparing myself to you, you went through pain, through struggle, uh, you're building yourself up now, you're creating something beautiful. Um, in your kiddos, do you see that you sometimes like try to overly protect them from, from going onto that path or is it easy to trust because you see that you can help them and, and guide them into the right direction how is it for you as a parent to not like project your experience onto them first mm. of all and second <laughs> If you were to see that they have similar tendencies, how can you you help them? Like, how can you give them the tools that maybe you didn't have back then? Mm. Wow, this is uh, <laughs> um, th this question is awesome. Um, how much time do I have? Like, I don't want to kind of ramble on. Can you get, can I have like about five minutes, or we gotta kind of get I'll, I'll cut, and, cut you. And close here? I will wave at you okay. getting close, yeah. 
And, and why I say that it's it's I don't believe in coincidences. I'm actually having uh, a learning lesson as a parent, and I'm kind of coming out of something. And uh, so, you know, being in recovery, having a spiritual journey, getting awake, and 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 just once again, really functioning in, in society as being a human being on, you know, the worldly level on the spiritual level, right? Um, so I've caught myself um, basically. Um, kind of uh, parenting my children and and uh, this is something just coming out of so we had a couple years of this of parenting my children as I was parenting me um so you know nothing wrong like we have some pretty awesome conversations you know I have a 16 year old and a 13 year old and we can have some pretty deep conversations um but what finally and they taught me this it was them actually pointing it out um but what I caught myself doing is I was parenting, trying to parent myself, right? So once again, having balance, right? So there's no problem, you know, with teaching them, getting them awareness about addiction and, you know, this, this, this life of trying to fulfill things and with wrong motives and, and, you know, you know, trying to show them to be generally a good human being. Um, but I was coming at it as if I was parenting myself and, and something hit me one day where uh, getting back into that balance level of, um, you know, they're, they're their own personalities, they're their own people. And, and you know, anybody with children sits them for a half hour and go, wow, where did that come from, right? Whether they're a toddler or an 18 year old and everything in between. Um, yeah, they've, you know, physically come from, from the woman and, and, you know, and the father, um, but they're their own thing, hey? Eh? They're their own beings and, and, and um, so when I say balance, I share my story and I'll share my mistakes and hopefully they don't do them. Um, but the implementation that I was parenting myself. So, you know, being all over them, making sure that they're not going to go in any little avenue. What I did when I was a youth, I've stepped back from that and letting more of them be, you know, they're going to make their mistakes. They're going to go through their trials and tribulations. Right. Um, and of course, in saying that, uh, you know, there's the balance. Obviously, I'm not neg neglecting my children and not part of their life, but I'm also not over them and, you know, um, smothering them, the word you used, right? It's it's letting them find their way, right? And, and uh, you know, maybe my way or my way I think they should be isn't their way, right? Um, so hopefully I didn't go off too much there, but I, I love that question. Um, hopefully I answered your question. No, no, you totally yeah. did. Like, it's... It's very interesting how how every father would answer this question differently and and I love um what you say like we can all learn from this um I think as as a father it's probably hardest like you say they come from you physically so yeah. you kind of assume oh yeah they must be like me yeah but then to step back and to know like mm, no they're actually their own personality but they can still learn from you so yeah. much, totally. uh, especially if if you're leading by example, right? That's the most powerful thing. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's the only thing. Perfect. It's the only thing because everything that a parent is trying to teach a child and not living at the same time is for the garbage, I believe, and um, it's it's very inspiring how you approach it and how open-minded you are about it and 
yeah, very evolved. I just, I just love that so much. Um, is there anything else we would like to add to this episode or did we cover everything? I want to make sure to put the links to your videos, the link to your Facebook page into the show notes. Yeah, please um, do. How else can people reach you? How else can we make sure that more people hear about your mission? Yeah, I'm pretty active on um, Facebook. I can shoot you my email. I'll message that to you later. Um, I'll also shoot you the other video um, I did for that uh, PCRS because I think an, an, a very high, a good point in that video um, is we were really shedding light on what the family member or the friend who's watching an addict um, you know, kill themselves through addiction. What are some of their options? How can they approach it? And I think that's powerful for people. So I'm going to send you that video too. Yeah. Um, and uh, can I can I say something real real quick? Yeah. And um, being in the recovery world or whatever you want to call it, um, community. One thing that continuously comes up and, and I want to share, people always talk about shame and guilt and they go shame and guilt. You know, I'm, uh, I feel so much shame and guilt and you can feel that, you know, just as a regular human being or, you know, sober and we all can um, uh, relate. You know, we have this mindset. Yeah, I feel guilty or I feel shameful. And, and, and something I want to pass on to uh, people out in, you know, anybody, but definitely people in recovery, because shame and guilt comes up so much because of people's past. It's something that I've learned to process because I've been that person, for example, that's driven, you know, I'm driving downtown and I see something and it triggers me. And I think back of something I've done that was not very good. Right. And I'd sit there and, and I and I just pull it in and that's who I am. And sometimes I would curse at myself and say, you effing loser, Mike, and 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 just would believe that, right? Um, so I've come today to learn to separate healthy guilt. This is the way I describe it. Um, maybe on a professional level, this doesn't make sense. Um, but the way I describe it is I've come to differentiate healthy guilt from feeling shameful. So um, I say that there's healthy guilt and healthy guilt is good. So shameful is that example. I'm driving down the road. I think of something that I did in the past um, and, and I'm believing it and I'm telling myself I'm a loser, this and that. Well, that's just that's just destroying my self-esteem and confidence. Right. Um, and that is such a pattern in addiction. Right. Whereas healthy guilt, that same um, situation comes up and I can go, yeah, I did that. Um, oh, I, I cleaned that up. I made that amends or, or, I, or, or the ultimate is, is I don't do that today. I'm not that person. I've made an amends. I'm not doing those things today. Um, that is not who I am. So I challenge that, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us can get trapped in that and believing that's who we are. And uh, through a process, um, you know, like I mentioned, the inventory and a spiritual awakening, we can start challenging that stuff. And it's not an overnight thing, right? So it's like, I don't do that stuff today. It's not who I am. I've made amends for those things and I've cleaned things up. And thank you very much. Um, so healthy guilt and shamefulness. There's a difference. <laughs> wow. That is like, you just threw the most valuable tool at us that we can all use. Thank you. Again, like we all have done stuff in the past yeah, yeah everybody that is something that we can use because otherwise it's like a vicious cycle i feel shame and then yeah. i 
go back to the drinking, go back to the shitty behavior because yeah. I don't want to feel that shame. And now what you just gave us is, is to break up that vicious cycle and to be accountable, yeah, to learn from the mistake, but not to, to live in this poisonous, uh, these poisonous shame feelings anymore that kind of keep us in that very low energy. So incredible ending. Wow. Thank you so much for, for, yeah, pulling that out of your, your um, toolbox. Very valuable. And yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for making the time today for pouring your heart out for making us see you um your energy is incredible and i'm just personally very very happy that we can thank you thank, thank you. you so much for i really appreciate this opportunity and i was a little skeptical at the beginning of it when you first talked about it um and you've blown you've blown me away with your your motive and your intent and uh I'm just so grateful. You're a beautiful soul. Like just absolutely. So if I, I thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Well, I really hope you enjoyed this interview. I totally enjoyed the conversation. And yeah, I will make sure to put the video links into the show notes. You can contact Mike um, on Facebook or if you have any questions, any comments, Never hesitate and shoot me a message on Aurora Eggert, my Facebook page. Also, a note, if you are struggling right now, if you feel like you need to talk about your stuff and counseling and visiting a psychotherapist is not yeah, really necessary at the moment, you just need someone to talk to, need someone to guide you on your path, then please contact me and ask me to send you my calendar link so that we can schedule a 60-minute um, intro call where I can figure out if I can help you with the uh, stuff that you're going through right now. I'm a love and life coach and would love to assist you whenever you feel like you need a neutral person to talk to. All right. Take really good care of yourself and I'll see you down the road. I'll be out there very soon again. Bye-bye.